You're listening to a fresh new podcast on healing, spiritual development, nutrition, energy work, and sometimes aliens. From the owner of the celebrity acclaimed Raw Republic Juice Bar and Wellness Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sheena Manina. Yes, that's her real name. This is Raw Talk with Sheena. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week of Raw Talk with Sheena. Thank you for waiting for this episode because my ass has been moving to the North Shore of Louisiana, which I know that's so irrelevant to most people, but um, it's been quite a process and I've, I've felt like very introspective and not wanting to see anyone, not wanting to do anything. And I think it's the fact that the process of moving all of your shit means you're moving everything that you're attached to. And so you have, especially in my mind, because nothing can be as easy as just moving from point A to point B, I'm thinking like, is this an attachment? Is this something I'm ready to release? Is this, you know, a part of my childhood that's holding me back? All of these things were coming up. So I'm probably going to have a separate podcast just relating to that process of moving because in that release, it was definitely not easy but I f- am feeling like I'm coming out of a shell. I'm feeling like I elevated my living space. I feel that I can participate in my life actually with more ease now. And I can see that it's like the light at the end of the tunnel. Thank God. But um, so thank you guys for not forgetting about me. But we're back here this week with a really interesting couple of guests Hey guys. Hello. So we have Harry and Rachel Cole. They are, so Harry and I went to grammar school together and not high school, not college. Grammar school. Just Mm -hmm. grammar school. Yeah. But we've stayed friends. Mm -hmm. Our sisters are really good friends and um, Rachel has become a part of our friendship as well. And I love her so much, but um, well, Harry is doing like such cool things that I kind of wanted him to kind of talk about his perspective of learning from where we began to now what he's doing in the world. So we're going to start with kind of some information regarding that. So Harry was a badass kid in school. (laughs) He like, I I mean, like, I know that you're like remembering something different. I'm remembering you... Yeah, I'm not actually loving really it. interested to hear this. I'm remembering okay. you not loving it. And mm. I am remembering like your process of after after your educational time in your life, just being like, fuck it, that was terrible. Like it just was not, it wasn't supportive of me as a human. Yeah, so I can use the F word on here? Yeah, you can. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> I remember, you know, in my youth, uh, not enjoying school. But what I did remember was, um, well, I remember your leather boots, actually. Eighth grade? Knee high. Seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my Halloween yeah. costume. Uh, that, But you wore it often, right? Yeah, I remember I it. don't think I wore leather boots often as a seventh grader, mm, but I it's possible. Know. Yeah. I think I think you did, um, but I don't know. Were you seared into his memory from that one time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what I enjoyed about school was being social, and yeah. I don't really remember much in school except for being in seventh, maybe sixth grade, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and that makes sense because now that I am a secondary teacher, I realize that. Um, that part of children's lives is when they become 
social adults. Uh-huh. Um, some of them are having, you know, sexuality changes. Yeah. They're trying to figure things out. So I remember flirting a lot, um, getting lunches yeah. from other girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, slim fast. Thank you, Bethany. And um, <laughs> I wonder if she's listening to this. And yeah, it was really social, but I didn't enjoy being at school. Right. No. Mm-mm. But I, uh, so I went to another school after that. And that was probably. Because, well, let's preface this by saying in yeah. New Orleans, for some odd reason, we move schools like only once. Mm-hmm. So we stay in our grammar school experience from like first grade to eighth grade mm-hmm. and then we go to high school so yeah. that so you're talking about your move from eighth grade to high school right and that's kind of what's weird about new orleans is there is no middle school right like where i grew up middle school was its own thing before high school and yeah. just you grew up in new jersey but where um so i lived in princeton new jersey mm-hmm. until seventh grade and then lawrenceville new jersey okay. which is just like down the street yeah, so I wouldn't have known what middle school was back in the day. Right. We, we say grammar school here. Right. Grammar school. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, you know, I don't want to dog that experience because I think I learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I grew up into like a very respectful person because I learned like a lot Says of- Says who, like, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I'm kidding. You know, You're just respectful. Like, yes, sir. No, ma'am. That's yeah. important to me. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know. I guess it's not PC anymore. One of my students told me. But um, anyways, you know, I think every experience that we have, we gain something from it. Um, I did not feel that I was able to be myself for most of my educational career. Yeah. And um, I made a move when I was, a move of schools when I was in my sophomore year of high school. And that really changed my life. It was, um, you know, a lot of people talk about college being the greatest time of their life. Those three years were the best time of my life. because academically, I felt challenged, which I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still wasn't a great student. I was yeah. really social. I was into yeah. the social as- aspect of it. And, um, you know, I just wasn't interested in the things that I was learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I was smart. Yeah. And when I went to college, I did college totally wrong because I said, fuck it, I'm just going to study everything I'm interested in. Right. I didn't Wait, care. Wait, why is that cost. wrong? Um, because it costs a lot of money. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so it's not necessarily wrong. It's just expensive. Yeah. Right. I mean, I could have it, purchased in actuality, a Ferrari instead. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, in actuality, though, if I would think about the appropriate process of education, it would be me excelling at what I'm good at and what I'm interested in. Yeah, but education's totally fucked up. Like, yeah, just totally messed up. I agree. I mean, we're telling 18 year olds that they need to make financial decisions that will affect the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also telling them that they'll go to college and they'll come out making a lot of money. At least that's what I heard. Yeah. Um, and which may be true for some people, but you know, I was interested in liberal arts, Yeah. you know, so you need to have some common sense. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I just think we're sending well, the wrong message to people. Well, don't you think that someone can excel just learning liberal arts? Yes, no, totally. But I think college needs to be used as a tool. Yeah, So and it's th- being used improperly. Yeah, and kids are in debt. I mean, it, it's just tremendous, you know, that affects the rest of their life. Yeah. Our payoff date for our student loans are when we're 65. Right. You know, that's crazy, <laughs> right? And now, <clears throat> um, I think a responsible adult would tell a child um if you plan on going to college to study 
English, let's not go to a private university that's $60,000 a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we need to have some common sense about it. Yeah. That's a great school. I'm glad you're thinking about going there. Undergrad for English. Yeah. Mm, maybe for grad school. Yeah. You know, but um, we have to look at the you know, cost benefit yeah. of, of these things yeah. and, and what we're asking children to do when, and they are children when they are 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I was 17. When I signed on student loans, I was still 17. Right. Yeah. Um, we're not asking them to buy a car. We're asking them to sign up for payments that they very well may be paying on the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, okay. Still backtracking though. I, when I think about you, though, I think about someone who is excelling at Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like that's like a downgrade? Let um, me tell you why I say that. Okay. I say that though because I see I saw someone who could excel in their environment so fully because they knew how to harness passion and what they were good at. And that's what I admire so much about you. I know that like your passions have changed, obviously from making Starbucks and you telling me, Sheena, you actually like Ristrato. Is that correct? What? Ristrato? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like oh, Sheena, like that's shots. actually yeah. Okay. <laughs> how, do you don't remember this? Yeah. No, I don't remember. You were it, like, but... this is actually what you like, and I'm like, God, so valuable having Harry as a friend. Yeah. I, at the yeah, time, as a college student, like the mm-hmm. only the only mm-hmm. thing that I was consuming at the time, but um. But so that, that like when I think about you, I just think about like that, you excelling there. And so it, it hasn't really like, I haven't really worried about the fact that you've like changed um, environments in a way that like you've gone from Starbucks to education or Starbucks to architecture to education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know that like the, what I see in you is just someone that is following a passion and can excel at it. Yeah, I th- you know, following your passion is absolutely not a straight line. We're changing all the time. Yeah. Like we meet people, we have different experiences, and your life can make a U-turn or it can just make a little bit of a turn, like all of these things. But the important thing is to, uh, to follow it. And so without getting into Starbucks too much, I loved working there, um, especially when I was a barista. That was, the, that was fun, you know? I, was, I had social capital. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my whole life, um, socially, I did well. Yeah. And, um, and the things I wanted to know more about, I did. Unfortunately, I never found any of those things in school. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I mean, that's like kind of the definition of inspiration, right? I was just uninspired for most of my academic mm-hmm. career. I was inspired to make money um, at Starbucks, you know, getting paid hourly, whatever it was. But I felt like I was earning something. It was, yeah. it was real. Um, and then, yes, I did do well there and I had a lot of support. Um, thank you to so many people, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) who were the, who are you speaking about? (laughs) Um, oh my gosh. So what do you mean? Like, um, like people who were like, like helping you like kind of scoop forward and guiding me. I was, yeah, I was young. Uh Right. So I worked there for a long time. Um, somewhere between seven and 10 years when I first started, I quit like for six months. So I'm thinking like eight, I don't know. Anyway. Um, Damn, did, that is a long that's a Starbucks, long Starbucks freaking run. Time. It's a lot of coffee. I know. Um, when I left that to go teach, I thought my dad was going to kill me. But um, because at that point you have you had excelled to, you know, well, like sort right. of like a senior position. Well, I was managing stores, but I think I had a good reputation, especially in New Orleans, um, and 
you know, I, that reputation was for helping others. Like I always would like go help others open stores mm-hmm. or work with them. That's something I learned from my mentor. Shout out to Jen. And she's definitely not <laughs> listening to this, but, <laughs> um, and other people, um, that were higher up that really inspired me. But, um, I, I want to talk about one person and her name was Sharon and she was a regional vice president. So, I mean, she was a big wig. And she asked me when I was either a barista or a supervisor, I can't remember. She asked me what I wanted to do, you know, because Starbucks really uh, is a temporary yeah. place for most people. They're doing it while they're in college. And I said, I wanted to teach. And I remember being younger saying, I want to be an English teacher. I want to be a writing teacher that sort of thing. Um, and she did tell me, and I tell the story pretty often that um, my role was really kind of a teacher. I was teaching people how to work at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that doesn't sound like anything fancy, but you learn a lot working there. I think anyone who works in the service industry, you learn like huge life skills. Definitely. You've got to go like serve somebody food once in your life because you're going to learn a lot. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. About yourself and other people tip your waiters um so (laughs) but i uh the cool thing about that coming from obviously like a history of of working in restaurants also is that like you can take that experience and say like you learn so much about yourself you're almost like an independent contractor and you're almost running your own business and you especially when you're like waiting tables Mm -hmm. like you are determining whether or not this is a good or bad experience for someone like you would if you were having running your own business like your presentation means everything Mm -hmm. and then at the same time you are in control of the way that it functions you're based on your emotions based on what you're bringing to work based on the way that you're interacting with the people around you it's very it's a very interesting thing and so like I think that it's cool that she asked you that but I think that whatever you would have said, she could have found a connection to that. Well, yeah, and that's her job. Yeah. Yeah, she wants to keep us and inspire us, but Rachel was a terrible waitress. She was. (laughs) I was a waitress for five years. I actually see you being an awesome waitress. No, I never got good at it. (laughs) Were you afraid? You have to be very confident. No, no, I just couldn't... It's funny because now I talk all about like executive functioning Mm -hmm. and teaching kids like how to do all of these things at once, but I just couldn't keep it all in my head. Mm -hmm. Like I would take someone's order and then like 45 minutes would go by and I would look at them and just think, fuck. You forgot it. I forgot it. (laughs) But I worked at like mob owned Italian restaurants and I would bribe people with cannolis. Yeah. And I would always tell people it was my first day. (laughs) So I'm like, you're forgiving. Yeah, See? I would, you were, you were running your own business. I you was. were kind of manipulating the situation to, mm-hmm. to make people like you and tip you higher. <laughs> I would say, which I is am smart. So sorry. It's my first day and I'm going to give you four free cannolis. That's smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why both of you are going to be amazing at owning your own business. Yeah. Like you, you have the skill. <laughs> okay. Not just that, but like something else that I wanted to get into also is that first of all, Harry, have you listened to Raw Talk? No. But I have. Rachel, have you heard me talk about transfiguration of our world? Wait, that is so funny. So we were driving from Texas to New Orleans. We were in Baton Rouge, which I think both of you have lived there. Yes. And I had my headphones on and I popped them off and I was like, Harry, didn't you give Sheena this book in Mexico? 
Yes, in fact, you did. This book has been the topic of so many podcasts. I'd like that book back, by the way. I have it. It's on my <laughs> coffee table. Do you really want it back? No, I'm just no. You wrote me a personal note. I did, yeah. I guess it was for you to keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not giving it back. <laughs> I might have to give it to someone else. That's how it works, right? We no, need to like that, continue this. That Mexico trip was so great because everyone was like wondering where you were, what was yeah. going on. Anyway, I was doing coffee enemas every day i don't know what you're doing but like a crazy person we talked about that in the podcast before connected in a way that like uh i was really grateful for because well firstly we had never connected in that sort of way before and then i started talking about all this strange like cosmic shit Mm -hmm. that um like i was experiencing and i had this recent transformation and i was just like buying into this book and um really interested and then just to see you yeah and talk about that stuff with you was so awesome and I think it was really affirming for Harry because he had gone through such a fast transformation personally Mm -hmm. that it almost freaked me out like I thought he was kidding when he came back from you know a summer doing a teacher education program so I think him then finding someone else who he also saw that just like a really really big difference in it Mm -hmm. I don't know I think it was really good for you what was, can you talk about that transformation? Do you, you want the long story, the short story? How long is this podcast? You have time. Okay. You say whatever version you want. <laughs> um, so Montessori training is a teacher education program. And so whichever level you choose to teach, you get training. Harry, we first have to say that Montessori means school. Yes. Some people might not know that. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So I feel like I should properly introduce myself. My name is Harry <laughs> Tolman Cole. Uh, former Starbucks employee, according yes, to Sheena. Former Starbucks employee um, and now profound, incredible teacher genius. Um, and that is for, um, well, in always Montessori. So Montessori education. Just Google Maria Montessori and um, I'll save my voice. But anyway, um, I went to training because my beautiful wife had done it herself. Um, And she knew she wanted to teach as soon as she left college. Um, I, on the other hand, never knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to do one thing one week, one thing the next week, which um, was great, I think. But in retrospect, it would have been nice to have some more direction. Anyway, I decided to go to Montessori um, training, and I did secondary. So secondary is 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grades. Mm -hmm. So um, I did that in Houston, Texas. At um, Like you were pre-trained? Yeah. This was kind of like... Before I started teaching. Okay. Well, you know, fate really stepped in because... I had to get surgery. I transferred from New Orleans to Texas to work. Uh, well, Rachel got a job in Fort Worth. Yeah. And um, we thought it was a really great opportunity for her. The person who owned the school is uh, just a wonderful, well-recognized Montessorian. And Rachel was new to Montessori. So she got trained, got the job, went over there. I moved over there. And for me, like career-wise, it was just... Um, it was just unpleasant. I wasn't happy. And it wasn't that anything did any, anyone did anything wrong. I was just not in a good place. It wasn't for me. Yeah. And um, so then I found out I needed surgery. 
So um, I got this surgery and um, the healing process took very, very long. So um, finally at the end of that, basically I just quit my job with Starbucks and um, you know, I'm really appreciative of everything they did for me um, through that healing process. And I said, I'm gonna teach. I don't know, I honestly can't tell you what made me think I just wanted to just go do this. I think mm-hmm. it was just because I was so unhappy. Um, and I used to listen to like the same songs in my car on the, in a CD, oh like <laughs> driving to work every day because oh. I was like, these are the songs that make me the happiest <laughs> and I really need it. And I don't take drugs or, and I barely drink. So, and I can't drink at like four in the morning on the way to Starbucks. So, um, I needed something and that was Ed Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. They just really, which song was that, that Harry? Um, all of them. I just listened to them all the time. But Up From Below was a really big uh, song for me. I really love that one. Um, I saw them in, where would you see them? Canyon Lake in the Hill Country. Yeah, Canyon Lake. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. Anyway, um, <laughs> back on track. It was really the one of the best experiences of my life. But anyway, um, actually it kind of felt like Montessori training. And anyway, Montessori training um, for secondary is very, very different than any other level. And Okay, we, so like recapping, you just, you were working at Starbucks, you had a surgery, you quit your job at Starbucks and then signed up immediately for this training so that you could potentially teach at yes, the same school. Yes, and the amazing thing about it um, is that in order to sign up for this training, you need to have a job. I was, in my mind, qualified to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but any sane employer probably wouldn't have hired me. Um, And Rachel's employer did. She offered me a job, which was really, really cool. So I got to go to (laughs) Montessori secondary training. And in a nutshell, um, you can learn so much about teaching and all of these things that I'm grateful for. But what happened to me was unlike anything. Oh my God, wait, you've got to have this girl on your podcast. Her name is Kat Gandeza and she is right up your alley. Like she's wonderful. What does that mean? First of all, first of all, she and, um, her friend, Jessica, wait, how did she come into your mind? Um, yeah, she was in the training. Okay. Okay. So basically imagine adults ranging from, I don't know what, like, I would say, 23 in my group it was 23 to 70 okay so 23 to 70 right all these people who oh. want to teach in montessori 7th cool. 8th 9th 10th 11th 12th grade okay and where was the training houston uh montessori center so six weeks is your first like go i mean you're just dropped in and you do it and wonderful i i'm not even gonna talk i mean that's like a whole separate podcast uh but like (laughs) basically um it's just incredible so but the thing that changed me was um from two people i met kat gandeza and jessica something i don't know um anyway jessica said she was a witch and i was like hmm and i was like Mm -hmm. i'm kind of and you're like hmm intriguing during this training program i was like i'm kind of open to that and i said you know i think i'm like an alien or i'm a witch i was like i really like can confidently tell you that maybe i think that maybe that's too much information if i'm trying to start a school but anyway um i was just like 
I was just buying what they were selling. Yeah. Like things about energy fields. And the this universe. was just, these were just people who were attending with you. Yeah. Like just so happened to be They're in your group, there. which is an, a testament of faith. Yeah. And really and truly, it feels like a group of misfits. Did you feel like that with your group? Mm, it kind of felt like all the misfits came together and yeah. we like found our tribe for mm-hmm. the first time ever. Yes, that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. I said, these people get me. You know, nobody gets me. My parents don't get me. My friends don't really get me. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know where I fit in. And, and, and that reminded me of high school because yeah, I had a lot of friends and I threw the parties and all that kind of stuff, but I was always like different. You were just just, good at excelling socially. So you did what you, I did the same thing. Parties were at my house. Like I knew how to make the right friends. I knew what I had to look like. I knew how I had to dress. And I did all of those things like to achieve at least like social comfort so that I wasn't no. Part of that I, was genuine? No. Though? No. No. I mean, t- was part of it genuine at the time? Yeah. Of course, because I didn't know anything else. I, I didn't spend enough time with myself to, to begin discovering the parts of me that were unique. Mm-hmm. And that's usually mm-hmm. my... Um, argument against education is that we're you know kids are there for the majority of their life and for me to just begin discovering myself at how the fuck old am I 28 like (laughs) because it wasn't something that was encouraged in school no one ever looked at me and said like how do you feel or like what do you like or what's actually inspiring to you I was just connecting to like what I thought I had to connect to to make me uh I don't know like popular yeah 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 yeah. in a lot of ways i guess yeah you know i so um just a plug for me i was voted friendliest (laughs) in high school but like (laughs) in a really good way um so i was just friends with everybody you know i could move between any social group Mm -hmm. and that was fine yeah you know i didn't play any sports then um but i could hang out with jocks or i could hang out with like good looking rich nerds. Yeah. Um, I could hang out with um, everyone else, you know, like right. whatever it was. Um, because I genuinely enjoyed their company. Like right. I was just, you like people and you're friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, like there wasn't a part of Harry that was no. like very open, like you are now, very like um, explorative, like you are now. Right. And I wanted to be that so bad, right. but I just didn't know I'd, how. Well, didn't I didn't know, know how. Right. Yeah, I don't even know if I knew that's what I wanted. So what was I talking about earlier? Oh, yeah. So you found, yeah, so these people, which makes a lot of sense that like what you're quoting, the misfits would be the people to show up to this, like Uh, kind of, it's kind of an alternative way of learning school to be a teacher of this alternative way of learning. It would make sense because I'm sure that a lot of people experience this through their education as well. Like, wow, I'm different. And wouldn't it be lovely to to provide an environment for children that allowed them to be different while they're children. And you kind of have to be someone who's willing to like lean into things. Like when someone tells you like, we don't grade, there's a million reasons why you could say like, what are you talking about? There's no way. Or like, we don't believe in competition. There's so many things there. So the group of people that you end up with are people who have like always kind of been outside the box. Negative competition. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah well they're um, just saying like there yeah. are many different truths like yeah. and that's which is amazing like education should be the first place where we're able to bend mm-hmm. like 
we're just humans. It's just a it's just a box for little humans to be in to begin growing <laughs> into big humans. Yeah. You know, so like that. Sh- <clears throat> I mean, before anything, before we're like expanding in any other field, we should be expanding there in a way that's like yeah. open, able to, to transform, able to like do something different. And I think with no rush, like that's what was so different for me was like, you know, we put so many markers on like what is normal and what's okay and what do you need to do? And it was just such a breath of fresh air to just look at people in life and just be like, there is no normal. Just like this person is inherently worthy because they are a human. We're going to take them for what they are and it might be messy and weird, but everyone's messy and weird. So we're just going to go for it. Oh my God, that's so refreshing. I'm so, like, I just love, that makes me feel so good. Because, like, exactly. I, I, I can't even, like, my life has moved forward f- so quickly recently just based on the acceptance of me. And being fearless in being me, being fearless on taking action that feels right to me. And that's not something that can be contained in an educational box. It's not something that can, can, can be part of a protocol or part of a, an agenda of things to cover with children. It has to be an energetic experience of being. And that's why, I mean, that's why and I love... understanding, yeah. Education. Compassion. Even though I own a juice bar and whatever, do the podcast, you know, all the things that make up my my um, employment, I guess. Um, Something that always catches my eye is the lack of doing what I do in terms of education and for children. And so that's why I'm I'm really excited that y'all are here. Can I make a quick comment? Sure. Leather Um, jacket? No. What? Margarita? (laughs) Uh, No, but thank you. Those are really good. Um, Your hands are exactly like your sister's. Yeah, they are. (laughs) They are. It's so funny. So just so anyone who's listening knows, my sister is like best friends with Sheena's sister. Yeah. And so that means I spend some time with Sheena and Sherry often, usually separately because they live apart. Um, But looking at your hands (laughs) made me think I was just like with you, same hands. Well, do you know what our last name means? No. In Italian? Mm-hmm. Our last name is Menina, mm-hmm. and that means little hand. That, well, so look funny. at that. You've got those <laughs> Oompa Loompa hands. It's so know? odd. Yeah. It's so odd. It's a very small, like, childlike hand. So I do want to say something, though, because I, I see where the conversation is kind of going. And before we go there, I, I want to say that, like, um, so you were, like, there for me in, in different ways. Like, I I think I always felt a connection to you. And I don't know if it was the leather boots or like what. Definitely it was the leather boots (laughs) in seventh grade. I mean, you were noticeable. But I think in a way that maybe um, that was different than what my friends were telling me their connection to you was. Um, So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) No, 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 no. Like, you know, they just thought you were like looking good in those leather boots. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because like our family was kind of intermixed just because like we were kind of the same age and our sisters were mm-hmm. friends. Um, but there was something there and I don't think it came out until like much later. And I know as I got older, like I broke up with somebody and like we hung out and you were really supportive. And um, 
which was really weird because we weren't like close friends at the time, mm-hmm. you know, but um, we like hung out and you're supportive and that was cool. And then in Mexico, we just like had this like <laughs> great connection, you know, and Rachel included, you know, like we were, the three of us were there and we were just like, well, we kind of like, like Rachel and I felt like it was kind of just us there. Not that we didn't have a good time. We loved it. Like we would relive the experience anytime. But um, I don't know. I do, you know, I, I don't know what religion, like I can say that I am. Um, but I do know with like with all my being that um, the, and I almost hate to say like the universe, quote unquote, because it's like all over the place. But it I, sounds woo woo. Yeah. But it's it, it's like there isn't a word to describe yeah, what be, you're saying. Yeah. There really because isn't. stuff happens for a reason. And I do yeah. believe in intention. And yeah. I do believe in following that. And, you know, as soon as I told my mother, um, so I had gone and got Reiki certified um, without really oh, telling Oh, yeah, that's anyone. right. Right yeah. before... Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So I got Reiki certified. I got Reiki certified, long story made short, as a result of my Montessori training because Mm -hmm. um, the people who influenced me in my Montessori training, my peers uh, who influenced me, they were in some way connected to like energy and all that kind of stuff. And they worked on me and they told me something um, that I just need to say, like, um, religiously, I never knew where I stood. And my friend Kat was just like feeling my heart and we were sitting on the floor and she told me, she said, uh, God still loves you. She just like said that. And I started crying. There was like no buildup to yeah. it. There was no like, there was <laughs> mm-hmm. no pictures of sad people or like me like talking about things that made me sad. It wasn't like that. I was sitting there and she said that and I felt like something got ripped out of me and I cried. And you can ask Rachel, I, I don't really cry. I've seen him cry once and it was one cowboy tear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cowboy tears. So, <laughs> so um, that moved me because I knew it was real, because I felt it. And, and at that moment I said, I, I don't care what anyone thinks about, if I told them the story, like what they would think, because I felt it, I know it's real. So maybe that's what people say when they like feel ghosts or if they're abducted Mm -hmm. by aliens like I don't know they have but you have a confidence about you when you experience something like that and I did have that and and that inspired me she was a Reiki master and I went to San Diego and got Reiki so just San Antonio San Antonio (laughs) the other San (laughs) Texas making it make sense on the timeline so this was the experience that was transformative Mm -hmm. at Montessori training Yes. Was the experience with those two girls, mm-hmm. right? One yeah. who was a basic witch mm-hmm. who, even though you said she's not listening to this, she should. <laughs> well, she might be. I don't know. I'll definitely text them and let them know they need and to And the other was a Reiki practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the transformative experience came from just a deep connection with them. Yes. And which all of you should know who are listening. I wasn't a guy who was like super into this stuff going into this experience. I would, yeah, I actually, I was really anti that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, that's some crazy shit, whatever. I was always obsessed, and I mean obsessed, with the universe yeah. and things like that. Always intrigued. I mm-hmm. wish school could have been just that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, things happened to me that not only made sense or it could be argued as coincidence, but um, I felt something that was just as real as us sitting here that um, in conversation I could 
I could see someone, I could see someone really doubting that. Yeah. And I understand that. Yes. But, but I felt that I was there. I know. Yeah. And, and, you know, people who I feel this love and connection to influenced me in a way that made me want to do that for other people. Right. And fundamentally and, change yeah. the way that they experience the world. Yeah. This and is the way life. they take action. Yeah. You know, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, like, this is life. Um, this is your shot, you know? And like, you really, you need to make the difference. It doesn't mean you need to change the world, but mm-hmm. it means, it means that you need to be the person that you're meant to be. And it's really hard to find that out. Yeah. It is so hard because I mean, you know, and Rachel knows like you have to let go of so much. Yes. And Rachel and I's relationship is phenomenal. And, and, um, the moment I met her, I knew, I remember I visualized like this list and I could see the check marks just like it was <gasps> Rachel, yesterday sitting, so sweet. yeah, like sitting on Tulane's campus. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm engaged to someone else. That's like, funny. what am I supposed to do? <laughs> when you said that, I thought the first words I thought were, Oh fuck, because we were both in relationships. <laughs> Wait, when we met each other, you met each other and you were both like, Oh fuck! Oh shit! I was planning a wedding with someone else, and oh, I lived with yeah. someone. Remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would not have been your route. Um, no, I knew planning that wedding. I remember thinking, okay, so if we make it five years, that's a good run. We'll get divorced. <laughs> I'll probably have like her dad's a cool guy. He'll probably have like brought He'll me. He'll forgive in. me. He'll. You, well, I was like, you know, this is an investment. Like he would bring me into the business. I'd have the business. There'd be bad blood. But I was. You're being honest. I was planning my divorce before I yeah. got married. Yeah. That's insane. But do you, Sheena, do you know how many people do that? Yeah. People do Countless, it all the time. But this is why. Because people don't think that life is flexible. Mm-hmm. And so they might be picking someone who also matches that. So you were married. You were, you were planning a marriage to someone who would not have been flexible. Like Rachel, your life trajectory, which I think that we are like almost living our future at the same time that we're living our present, your life trajectory knew that you needed. And so like when you met someone like Rachel, who is flexible, like uh, breathable, amazing, like understanding of this, you knew that you'd be able to have a long lasting marriage with her versus someone who you had to fit into a box with. Yeah. You know, I'm so we all, Rachel and I work together just for you who don't know. Um, which is probably all of you, but people ask us, <laughs> people ask us all the time, how can you work with your spouse? Oh my God. And I think, how can you not? Yeah. Yeah. Your guy's here. Yeah. You Evan's know? here. We work together. He also intentionally works separate from me quite often mm-hmm. because like I see him like scurry away from me oftentimes. <laughs> like, no, we cannot interact again, like for the 10th time today. And so like, while you know, for us and our dynamic, we definitely need time apart. But at the same time, we are both on the same page of that breathable, understanding, loving relationship through transition. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it makes it work. I mean, and, in, and also we learn so much through our work with each other. And it helps to have someone call you out on your bullshit without, like, you're someone's boss, you know, they're not going to say anything, right. but Rachel and I working together, she's like, ah, that's the worst idea I ever heard. You need to start <laughs> over. And I'm like, oh, shit. And so I, you know, we respect each other enough to like, I'm not going to say we don't argue, like we definitely do, but, um, 
I, w- I really couldn't have it any other way. I don't know how I went so long with, with, uh, without working with you. Uh-huh. Aww. I know, he's so sweet. <laughs> but I also think yeah. we give each other space to like live out different parts of our lives. Yes. Because I noticed I spend the whole day working in the same classroom with Harry, and then at the end of the day, I ask him, how was your day? And like, I, right. I genuinely don't know because when right. we're... When we're with kids, we're almost like serving them. You yes. know, it's so much about them yeah. that we're super composed and we're just like in the present moment that I don't know exactly how he was processing everything. Absolutely. If someone was standing right next to you and you were viewing the same view, you could still ask that person, what do you see? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, I mean, every every human's experience of life is unique. And so, exactly. It's not even a relevant question to ask like how could you work with someone like really I mean the people that are in my life are in my life continuously Mm -hmm. whether or not they're here you know presently like in in physical form in front of me all the time like those are people who I interact with who like are just a part of my life yeah and I think if we can give everyone like the grace like grace is this like word that I've always associated with Christianity which I've struggled with like my whole life of just like who am I spiritually because I was raised in this Christian tradition but I think giving people the literal definition of grace to just be themselves and make mistakes and to take on different roles that's Mm -hmm. been like an essential part of it because we mess up like all day you know yeah because like we are if we if we didn't mess up we would be so fucking boring because we would just be not messing up according to someone else's idea of not messing up. Yeah. And we'd be anxious all the time, you know, to live to that standard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I am so excited for the kids that get to be educated by you guys because they actually get to experience who they are mm-hmm. through education. That's that cannot be accounted for monetarily. That's beyond money. That's, that is bringing into the world and into, I guess, like the business world, the adult world, people who are going to contribute so much more than people in New York City who are paying tutors 100, no, I'm sorry, $500 an hour to make sure that their kids are just achieving social standards, um, financial standards, uh, every other standard that can ever be measured I don't even I mean who knows but like that's a real thing that like people just will want their kids to be checking off like okay well you're doing this at this age and then you're doing this at this age and your your social you know status is is this and like you're playing at this rate and you're you know like speaking three languages where like the kid has no depth yeah that kid, what what the fuck is that kid going to do in the world? And we've both taken so many technical trainings when it comes to like teaching different things and different styles. Yeah. Like we have done so many things, but I think the biggest work you can do is just the work on yourself as a teacher. Yeah. You know, like my first year teaching when kids didn't do their homework, I would get mad at them, you know? And because like, that's what you were taught to do. Yeah. And now when kids don't do their homework... Not that I don't care, like there's still a consequence for not doing it. Yeah. But I don't react emotionally in the slightest because yeah. I want them to know I love you unconditionally. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And that's huge. That's like that's something huge. you can only get from. I remember yeah. sixth grade, Mr. Villarubia's class, who I actually love this teacher, but I remember 
the day that I didn't read my homework. I remember coming to school the next day and being called on and not knowing the answer. I remember that day. How many days do you remember of your sixth grade? (laughs) Not many. That's frightening. No, it's actually really interesting that you said that. So um, tonight we put on like a presentation here at um, Raw Republic on Montessori education. And a friend of mine came to support us. And he saw all these things that we had laid out. And he told me before the presentation started out on the balcony, he said, you're not going to call on me to do anything, right? And I said, no, 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 no. We would never do that. We would just explain to you what these things are. And he said, okay, I was pretty nervous that you were going to start like calling on people to Yeah, and this is, how old is this person? 30. Yeah. You know, somewhere, <laughs> give or take. Yeah. But, you know, those things live with us. We feel that. I remember things that I heard teachers say to other children mm-hmm. in my cohort mm-hmm. um, when I was younger that I don't, they have to remember it. I mean, <laughs> God willing, maybe they don't. I hope they Wait. don't. But... I'm not going to say this person's name, but mm-hmm. in fourth grade, no. I got my first B. Mm-hmm. And a teacher took me out of recess, my only time to be social, to tell me that I was getting a B, to prepare for the B that I was getting on my report card. Do you think they're really concerned about you, though, that maybe you take it hard? Were you a good student? Of course. The, um, again, first B of my life happened like (laughs) fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah. My reaction to that is like, what, wait, I'm sorry. Like what's the difference between an A and a B? Is -hmm. it really that big of a difference? It's really not. And like, yeah, but there are parents. That was the first, that was the first conversation that I had had privately with that teacher. Yeah. So it was so uncomfortable. I didn't know how to handle it. I felt so bad about myself it was not a conversation that was like you know it's not a big deal like it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. you're getting a b it's it's like that actually affect again you guys before we started recording this podcast i told harry i was like i swear i think i'm just restoring myself from my years of education so now as an adult who teaches adolescence yeah that what you just described is so foreign to me um that conversation with the teacher oh my gosh okay firstly i know all my students very well can i give a little yeah yeah when people get their period harry knows before i do <laughs> which I think says something. I'm not saying I'm proud of that or that <laughs> or that I want to know, but I am saying that you know we do establish. You are someone for some reason that someone would want to tell. Like yeah, no big deal. Just I got my period. Know. Well, well, I mean, I mean, look, that's it's just a part of life. That's what happens, you know. I mean, everybody poops, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of people <laughs> get their period too. Well, not everybody, but you know. So my point is just that. Um, I'm trying to find a picture. So you see, I have a student who didn't do her homework and she didn't do it two nights in a row. She mm-hmm. had seen Bon Jovi. Um, in concert? God yeah. willing, he That's hears this. That's a good enough reason to yeah. not do so homework. So her first, um, like we have work attention forms. If you don't do your homework, uh, you have to fill it out. Why I didn't do my homework, blah, blah, blah. All right. So she said, I fell in love last night with Bon Jovi. So I understand okay. that. Yeah. So 
I understand that feeling. Missing work note said I was watching Stranger Things. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I want to. So I'm not a fan of Bon Jovi. I'm a fan of Stranger Things. Understood it. Second day comes around. Comes around. She didn't. She didn't do her work. She said, uh, "My reason for improperly completing my work is I'm still in love." So Bon Jovi wrote her a little note. Oh my God! Can I read it? Yeah. Okay. Cece, I love you too. But our love is only possible if you complete all of your schoolwork. If you can't finish work for yourself, do it for me. <laughs> bon Jovi. And that's with the picture of Bon Jovi in like a little word bubble. But th- you see, like, the thing is that, yeah, school is incredibly important. Oh, my God. Um, I love this person. And I don't want to meet her. But um, I'll show you a picture <laughs> of her in just a minute. But, you know, the other thing is that we have to take life with a grain of salt, okay? And the girl... Um, who this is, like, she doesn't need me to sit there and fuss at it. It's not going to do anything. She's not going to give a shit. Yeah. That's not going to encourage her to work. Yeah. No. You know? And so we need to. That's like just one step above, like, hitting a kid with a ruler. Yeah. Like, Sheena, it's about. Degrade them with words. Good job. It's about creating a safe space. Yeah. That's her. Her Oh, look at her. Her mom texted me (laughs) that the other night. Um, I'm, for the record, I'm not an advocate of parents having my phone number, but this one does because she is also a teacher. So Harry made this amazing assignment, which was to like find examples of the Fibonacci sequence in nature, which is like really high level math, the golden mean. It's amazing. And so this girl's project was to look at Bon Jovi's symmetrical face and find the golden mean and understand mathematically why she was attracted to him. So I just think that... How old is this girl? 13. So she's already so much smarter than me. <laughs> but that's the point, is to be smarter Duh, than that's Sheena. that's the point. No. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that we need... Kids want to learn. And Maria Montessori knew that before, before all this technology that we have. Okay? She knew that because she sat and she was quiet and she watched. She observed mm-hmm. children. And she knew... I'm convinced she... It's just like an alien or something. But like she knew, she just knew to sit there and watch and see what inspired children. And that's yeah. what it's about is inspiration. So. And fun, right? Yeah. Like how much fun joy. do these kids have? And I said this during our presentation, but like now fMRIs, functional MRIs are confirming so many things that Maria Montessori had predicted before yeah. any of that was there. And one of them is that kids learn when they're joyful. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that kids need to run around screaming in the classroom needs to be crazy. No, 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 no. Classroom needs to be orderly. Yeah. It needs to have a buzz or hum because kids are talking or working together, yeah. having a flow. Yeah. And well, when I think about when my, okay, so kids just have human needs. So just like my Doberman, when my Doberman misbehaves, it's because she, she hasn't had enough physical activity or she hasn't had food or because she has to take a shit. So like if you are denying a child those needs in that environment, then of course they're going to run around and like misbehave and do all those things. Yeah. We have to meet their basic needs. That's what we say. Meet their basic needs. And whenever we have problems in our classroom, we just are like, okay, what need are we not meeting? Yeah. You know, when we give them a project and we say like the end product has to be a mural with this amount of information, the product, the projects are just awful. Yeah. But when we just make it free flowing, we have kids like 
rapping. We have kids acting things out. And this it's just, is fascinating. Yeah. It's just you have to look at people's human nature and meet them where they are. And it just requires that like teachers let go of their ego and their control. Yeah. This makes me feel so good because I know that the people listening to this podcast probably came from a similar background from my, to myself, which was either like a Catholic program or a private school program that was very rigid and, and not understanding of this, you know, like free flowing option, which would allow for so much more growth, understanding. I, I can just, I can visually see both of you in your classroom and I can visually see, I can feel like into the energy of your classroom. And it looks like children are interacting with one another to the point of when they do need to make a presentation, they feel so comfortable with the, with their peers. They feel so comfortable with you that they feel supported and they feel that they can actually like channel information from their inner self or from their highest self. They feel that they can say something that's odd, that's maybe not accepted and that their peers and their teachers will be supportive of that exploration. And they don't have to attain a certain image to be loved by their teachers or by their peers. It's just innate in that environment. And that is so amazing and powerful. And for the people listening who are just like dipping into that energy as well to know that like their children can experience another form of education from what they experienced and that they, that will make their children uh, happier mm-hmm. and more joyful. And, and, and to the place where they are as 30-year-olds, as children. And that progresses the universe. Yeah. Much more than saying, well, I went, to a, I went to this Catholic school, and so thus you should go to this Catholic school. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for the people who are hearing this information from you who c- could potentially bring that into their future. Yeah, it's valuing the individual. We all have contributions that are different, you know, yeah. and that and that's the most important thing about the environments that we try to create um, with our students is that they are different. And yeah, like relationships struggle, you know, between teachers, between spouses, between students, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's not always easy. It's reality um, though. But it's reality. It's yeah. real. And so I'm going to read this quote. Okay. So this is from Maria Montessori <laughs> to educate the human potential. You're such an educator. Um, so the laws governing the universe can be made interesting and wonderful to the child, more interesting even than things in themselves. And he begins to ask, what am I? What is the task of man in this wonderful universe? Do we merely live here for ourselves, or is there something more for us to do? Why do we struggle and fight? What is good and evil? Where will it all end? So that's from Maria Montessori. I don't know when it was from. A hundred plus years. A hundred years ago. But... It's incredible, like, right? Because it's so relevant to today. And why? These are the questions that I'm asking myself right now. Why do we struggle? As a 30-year-old. But why do we struggle to, like, let our kids think those things or give them that freedom? But I think, too, like, we value struggle. Like, you know, that's something that I've been working on myself is that I think that if I'm not really, really tired or working really hard. You haven't done anything. Yeah, I haven't done anything. You're not worthy. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love the that quote of just like, we can figure out who we are and offer things to humanity without our lives being painful or hard. Like we don't need to wear that as a badge of ding, honor. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. 
So, I mean, no, so awesome, Rachel. And especially like as a woman, like we need time. We need restoration. Mm-hmm. We can contribute so much more to the world when we are taken care of. And unfortunately, yes, there is this unprecedented push toward hustle. Hashtag hustle. Like, hashtag hustle when I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? When you're ready, and when it, when it feels good. And that hustle yeah. is going to be so, so much more efficient. It's going to be so much more effective. Because someone who's, retros- who's introspective can see the actions that actually create change much faster than someone who's tired, than someone who has been doing the same thing every single day. Someone who can step inside and just be in this experience of being a human in whatever that looks like, that person can create change a lot faster outside of that environment. Yeah. And I had sort of the opposite experience of Harry. I was always really academic. You know, like I was the first person in my family to go to college. Mm -hmm. My parents, you know, were teenagers when they had me. There was substance abuse. So for me, like being really academic and getting good grades was so important. important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's like the other end of the spectrum, right? You can put all of your eggs in that basket, which is equally empty because it's still just chasing shiny pennies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's so incredible. Like just hearing both of your stories and like kind of where you came from and just knowing you. I mean, again, you're the first person who gave me that book, who I, which I still reference, which I do believe predicted our political situation as of now. Are you remembering this book, Harry? I remember the book. <laughs> <laughs> Have you reread the book since? No, because you've had it, so I haven't that read it. That was your it. only copy? Yeah, I sent you my only copy. You the impression. Oh my God, it's so good. I wrote a note to you in my only copy and gave it to you in Mexico. Oh, it's so good. And I'm so thankful. It's honestly probably the first book that I've read in years. I, I just put books next to my head and just mm-hmm. hope that the information goes in. Can I? Yeah. There's just n- only so much time in the Can day. Can I share my version of that book for yes. me? Because I think it's really goofy. Yes. Um, it is called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Christian Northrup. This is okay. her Bible. She and lives by this. I'm her husband. I know. <laughs> and it sits next to our I like bed. Christian awesome. Northrup. Yeah. She's Harry amazing. Harry calls it the Pussy Encyclopedia. Sweet. I'm an educator. <laughs> I don't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it's so funny that it spoke to me so much because it's literally like, there's a chapter called Breasts, the Uterus. (laughs) But it was like the first book that I ever read that said like, your emotions create your health. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you can exercise and eat as much as you want. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was like transformative. So it's funny because like, I'm so into like spiritual things and personal development, but that book was so literally about like physical women's bodies that yeah. it like rocked my world that's cool shout out to basic witches read that book yeah what's you it have, called it's Christian called Northrop. women's bodies women's wisdom by christian northrop you have her daughter's book over there Kate northrop yeah. money love story i love that book yeah it's all about energy mm-hmm. basically everything is all about energy so we have to we have to end with you guys i have to know how the connection of the uh truths of that book transfiguration of our world how it has played into you doing what you're doing right now 
That's a good question. Um, well, peace education, you know, when we say that, um, or cosmic education, people um, who are on one side of the fence are like, oh, that sounds like it's right up my alley. And other people are like, oh, those freaking liberals, like it's crazy. It doesn't, it doesn't matter about your politics, right? Um, you know, we are all connected. Whether you believe in like spiritual energy whatever vibrational energy is scientifically proven people so you know like that's there we are all connected and Montessori believed in creating uh Dr. Montessori believed in creating um a world of peace you know she lived in a time of war and she believed that education and that um become learning to be a peaceful whole person um, would eventually result in peace within our world. And, and that's what we teach. And it's not that we just go around teaching like, you know, peace symbol and, um, you know, we all need to be friends and all that kind of stuff. What it means is that we teach tolerance. We teach how to, um, how to understand each other. I mean, that's such an intellectual thing, right? Like a high level processing thing to think, you know, oh, I kind of understand where this person's coming from. I may or may not agree, but this is how I feel about it. Um, let's talk about it, you know? And that's what we teach. We teach that education is the most important thing that anyone can have and, and to respect one another for their differences, also for their strengths. You know, we always talk in the negative. Let's talk in the affirmative. Like, you know, let's acknowledge each other for what we do right. Um, how we connect positively. So, you know, our vision for school, especially here in New Orleans, um, New Orleans is a place that really needs that. It needs peace education. It needs, well, firstly, New Orleans has such a strong sense of community. What a wonderful place New Orleans is to live. And if we could somehow just bridge those gaps, if we could bring people together, besides times of like Mardi Gras or when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> if we could bring different demographics together, what a wonderful place this would be to give people who normally wouldn't have opportunities, opportunities to succeed. So um, that's how I think, you know, our universe is taking the next step, um, that we are evolving into something that is going to just be positive and understanding and peaceful. That's that's what I think. I don't know. What about what about you? I haven't read the book, which I'm embarrassed to say because Harry loves it so much. But I don't know. I think people right now feel so pessimistic, and you know they almost seem to get like a high from talking about Trump and how everything is just going to hell. And you know, the more I don't even go there, Rachel could get ugly. <laughs> well, I just, I don't feel that but way. But no, I, I, exactly. I don't either. Like everyone that I personally, like the, the politics of my own community of the people that I see all the time, I just see totally the opposite, you know? And if anything, just to sort of add one thing to what Harry said, I just want, um, parents and families to give their kids space to make mistakes and to just grow into that person. Like when Harry kind of talked about how even when you guys were younger, he always saw something different in you. Like you always had that inside of you, mm -hmm. you know, you just needed the right circumstances to let it flow. And I think what happens when you give a four-year-old 
that opportunity. Holy shit. If I if we were four right now <laughs> being allowed to be who we are without the fear yeah. of like, you know, which college we're going to. I know. Or like if we're meeting all the standards of our parents and our school, like we would be where we are at four. Yeah. Intellectually, spiritually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just about love. I know that's so corny, but I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest current that just runs through everything we believe about education is just, you know, when there is love between a teacher and a student, that's when respect happens. That's when kids can grow into that person. God, there is no one that I'd rather raise my kids. I would rather y'all raise my kids than me. You can At get to work point. on that now. Um, I'm encouraging all of my friends to start making babies. So that you have So that we students. have students. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Your students are going to come. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't? I mean, God, I'm so excited for y'all. And I'm so grateful that you're doing what you're being called to do. And I think that more than even what you said about the relation to what you're doing and that book, what I'm seeing is that both of you are just finding a way to contribute to raising the frequency and the vibration of the universe through this method. And that is what I see both of you doing. And I see you doing it so successfully and so beautifully. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this beginning process because it's going to be awesome. And I'm so proud of both of you for just doing it because traditionally people might look at you and say, hmm, those are not the founders of the school of a school quote unquote like you have a tattoo Rachel I have five you have five (laughs) tattoos Rachel you know like things are changing things are different people are different humans are different like we I applaud that you are bending the standards of what an educational system should look like I applaud that you're bending the system regarding what a classroom should look like and what you two should look like. And I love that you are loving every aspect of, of you being human and you being who you are and still being able to do what you're seeking to do, which is to teach children. And I think that that should look exactly like you it should look exactly like someone else who's just inquiring about the world and loving the world and loving the people in it so I'm so excited well thank you so much this so has if been someone oh my god of course so if someone wants to get information on what you guys are doing so so let's just say we are about a year away from you guys trying to open this school the New Orleans Montessori Academy mm-hmm. you've already coined the name which I love <laughs> it sounds so official yeah um okay so New Orleans Montessori Academy that is our goal it is um you know, initially a K through eight school. Think big, Harry. Think yes. big. And then on the other end, we'd like to expand on both ends. So infant toddler on the low end and on the high end, we'd love to have a high school. It's mm-hmm. been done before. Um, we're really excited um, to be able to serve the community of New Orleans in that way. And uh, community is everything to Rachel and I. We <laughs> you know, I mean, we live in Texas now. We're from New Orleans. Well, Rachel, kind of. She calls it home now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we when we looked at moving to other places, we literally looked up, like, commune. Like, where... <laughs> and not because we want to be a part of, like, something weird or whatever. We yeah. just wanted to be a part of a community. Yeah. Of people who could support it. Because we had that when 
when we were training in our camp of misfit mm-hmm. misfits. So um, we're looking for that community in New Orleans, and we think it's the perfect place. New Orleans Montessori Academy. We're on Facebook. Um, we have a website coming. Yeah. So probably I don't know how long it takes you to publish these kind of things. A few days. Yeah, but it should be in a few weeks ready. So hopefully we can link our website. But we also have an email, and we're email's s- perfect for yeah. just people who are interested. And it's our favorite thing to talk about, you know. So if anyone has any questions or wants to support us in any way, our email is um, New Orleans Montessori at gmail dot com. Yeah. So um, New Good Orleans job, Montessori You created a Gmail account. Yeah, I did. So, I mean, I have to say that, honestly, I was off of Facebook since college, and I just started Facebook today. So I'm really glad. You're off of all social media. All social media. I have a Twitter account that I've never used. Oh, my God. Twitter is um, the bomb. That's a story for another podcast, because I made that Twitter account at your house, actually. Oh. And um, wow, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, so anyway, we would love to hear thoughts or questions from anybody who wants to know more about Montessori in New Orleans. We are giving presentations, and I just want to say like thank you to Sheena so much in Raw Republic and the space. Um, if you haven't checked it out, it's really awesome. This is where Rachel and I have been like working feverishly on our laptops, trying to put together. I these love presentations. it. That's why it's here. Yeah. So creating that sense of uh, community, which is so great. And when people walk into it, the first thing they say is just like, oh my God, like it, it's just overwhelming for them to walk up the stairs and to be in this space. Yeah. Thank and you. Yeah, I was even talking to Sheena just about getting sometimes like jitters before you give a presentation. But if you ever need to talk in front of a group of people, like there's just so much love in the room. It's powerful, like, even when no one's in here. Yeah, I'm and so I'm really... Glad. Um, and this is the last thing I promise. Like, I, <laughs> I'm super excited for this partnership, or I mean, if you want to call it that. But like, um, Sheena's business is about like your wellness, your holistic well-being. Um, you know, whether that's seeing a practitioner or consuming like whatever kind of um, food and beverages she provides. But that's what we want to do with education, you know? And so I do see it as a partnership. I do too. Yeah. I do see that we want to help the whole family, the whole body, the whole mind, the whole spirit. Um, that's what makes us people. And so I'm really thankful that we were able to like have this podcast and also, um, just hold our first ever like presentation in your (laughs) space, which, you know, just reiterate is beautiful. And, um, yeah, I look forward to Thursday when we have our next one and yeah. and more to come. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why because again, like I don't interact with children very much. I don't often like interacting with children very much, but That's I have I have this drive and this passion and this thing in the back of my mind that has always been there that has been like you something that is a part of you and your business is going to change education because it's one of those paradigms that just needs to be changed. And so that's why, I mean, like, of course, any way that I can support you both. Well, we're so happy to do that. I'm so thankful for you too. So, okay. You guys know how to get in touch with them. I am active on Twitter, Harry, because it's a place to be. <laughs> uh, my Twitter handle yeah. is sh- at Sheena Manina, same as my Instagram. And you guys know how to email me. As always, if you have received any sort of value from this podcast, please share it with your friends. Take the time to review it. 
I, like I said, I am going to be interviewing all the podcasts that I like. Did I say interviewing mm-hmm. or reviewing? Yeah. Interviewing. I meant reviewing. Reviewing. We had a Del Fuego margarita, which has <laughs> Everclear in it. Just uh, kicking. It's that just, describes the burn. Did you okay. know? Uh, no. Oh, we didn't tell you. This is my second one. We snuck okay. it. We snuck it on you. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Twitter and Instagram. The same. You guys know how to get in touch with me. Otherwise, reviews are greatly appreciated. And if you need anything, of course, directly email me. Um, another reminder that we have our signups for the basic witch super course round two that's happening october 20th through 22nd so if you guys want to sign up you can email olivia at the space at raw republic juice raw republic juice.com and yeah i hope you enjoyed this episode and i look forward to hearing from you have an amazing week bye you guys Say bye. bye bye that was so much fun Thank bye you. <laughs>